Hello and welcome to episode 69, no less, 69 of The Empire Strikes Back, a UK-based uh, New York Yankees podcast. Thanks for joining us. We've got a game going on live as we're recording this. So that if you're, any of you are members of the Moan Zone on the Facebook Messenger group, um, happy swearing and, and ranting at that. We can't multitask with all those things, but I should imagine that's really good value on that. So I'm Rob. I'm your host for this evening. And tonight I'm joined uh, the returning Mr. Blakemore. How are you, Mark? I'm very well, thank you, Rob. Episode 69. I never thought we'd actually reach this far when we started this out. What, what a nice number to... To, to have, I, I think what a way to go out. You know what I mean? If we 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 managed to hit the sixty nine titty knot, etc., etc., so on and so forth. And also joining us tonight from deepest darkest Wales, who's been uh, hiking and, and gloriously sporty while he's doing that, is Chris. Hi, Chris. Evening all. I don't know what you mean. My, uh, I'm not not sure what you mean by the episode number, but um, yeah, all right, <laughs> just, whatever. Just exactly, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. The pure, pure Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, and I'm obviously confused. Uh, so, um, just I, what I, I like to know. order from the Chinese, to be fair. <laughs> Um, I, I must have to start going to your Chinese then. Uh, so we, um, we, we, we've things. Things are slowly picking up, uh, and although as we're speaking, last night was a bit of a shocker in terms of uh, Higgy's performance and, and gender laws going on. I think things are starting to warm up quite nicely in the world of the New York Yankees. We're starting to piece bits and bobs together. We're starting to catch the dreaded Red Sox. But as I've mentioned to some of the guys who were messaging the other day, we're playing well, and there's a team just below us who seem to be going blow for blow. So the AL East is going to be a hell of a thing this year. But we've been struck in particular by by COVID. And COVID's like as with anything in the New York Yankees, you can guarantee please try again. You can guarantee that something's gonna be something's gonna be happening. There's gonna be a challenge to face us. So when uh when Rizzo went down, we've heard lots of should players be getting the vaccination. We've had players who have been poorly uh, with the vaccination. And we're reverting ourselves now to the, the next man up or whoever is around might be up. What, what do you make of this Yankees team as we're going to be going? Because all teams are going to be affected by this one way or another. It's just that this seems to be our turn. What do you make of this Yankees team going through this COVID process? Um, I think it is, it is a case of the next man up. Um, it's very... Um symbolic of of that or it seems to be I mean I had a look I've been away for a couple of weeks and I didn't, I didn't see much baseball at all and I looked at some of the team last night and just don't recognize half the now many of the names and I'm sort of even sort of googling them who, who is this guy so what we're actually seeing is is people coming up from AAA or, or pieces that we've just we just acquired who are fitting in quite nicely um but yeah, when you lose players of stature of Rizzo and Cole to COVID Nashella, it's going to hurt you. There's no doubt about it. But the replacements are doing quite well, at least results-wise. Yeah, you're right, Mark. 100%. Like, and it's been good to watch, like, particularly from the, the perspective of the pitcher, because we've had some sort of hit-and-miss uh, outings, but you know, a lot of them are, are doing a, a reasonable job, bearing in mind the, you know, the issue that we've got, which is people coming up and down all the time and then um yeah well, I, I i turned on i think it was the royals game to find out that a chap called velasquez was playing <laughs> shortstop for us and i was like who's this and he, <laughs> not <laughs> exactly just, the 
But you should say that he's just had a hit in the game. Did you see? Have you seen this? Yeah. Um, he, what, what I was going to say, Mark, was that he doesn't seem too bad. Not not only with the bat, but he he seems pretty confident and pretty grounded with the glove as well. So, uh, not not a bad start from somebody who's who's playing shortstop in in, in a team that has historically had the best shortstop in history. So yeah. I mean, this team we've got we've got playing tonight is miles away from the starting lineup. Um, you know, you've got Mayhew playing, you've got Judge playing, Voigt. After that, you've got six players who weren't around, five players who weren't around at the start of the season. Rob Brantley playing catcher, Wade. Okay, Wade was a backup. Velasquez, you talked about. Odor was a pickup from Texas. Gallo, another pickup from Texas. Um, and Gardy, who wasn't a first choice outfield and basically is now because of the injury to Hicks. So but he's not only that, Mark, is he? He's he's also a leadoff or second in the lineup guy. <laughs> he's batting second tonight. He back led off lead off the other night. Like what? I don't know why. Um I, yeah. I, I think there seems to be a, a, a glass of opinion in, in the Yankees top brass that they like Gardy at the top of the lineup for some reason. I don't know why he's not that guy anymore. He should be seven, eight, nine. And DJ was dropped. DJ was dropped down the order, so it, it, it seems a very strange thing. So I've got to wonder because we, we've had the next man up a couple of times now. And is this a team? Do the New York Yankees like the chase, the falling behind? You know, people coming in. Is there a, is there a psychological thing where it comes to sport where you you, you take first position in the first? And we know in a hundred and sixty two game season, it's unlikely that you're going to take the lead in the first week and just see it all the way through but is there something about the spirit in this team that they need to chase something down and actually those players who are stepping in benefit from that so if you were coming in if you're in first position is there more pressure for a young player coming up then than if expectations are a bit lower and you're on the hunt let's get into the sports psychology of this chris you're the coach you go first with so there's an interesting one on this that I saw at a coaches convention. Um, I don't know what one of the videos from, from one of the coaches conventions relatively recently that talked about the fact that, and it actually linked back to soccer. So when you come to take a penalty in football, you are, I think I forget the exact figures, but if you are taking a penalty to tie a game, you are around about 65 to 70% likely to score the goal right if you are taking the penalty to win the game you are 92 percent more likely to score the goal if you are in a position to win you are more likely to do well than you are if you are trying to tie or trying to catch up so what you're saying rob um, from a from an individual performance perspective, is probably not quite right. But I can see where you're getting. So so for me, it, from an individual performance perspective, you'd end up with uh, a player who is trying to help win a game, uh, or trying to help tie a game, you, or or trying to help you get to the next level. Um, it, you know, if you're third and you're, you're trying to get to second and you're trying to beat somebody, it, it's tough because. Yeah, you you're trying to to almost tie the game or, or or get to a point where you're above them. If you're looking to a point where you can win and move above and you know progress and look like you're going to the next level, then actually you're in more of a more of a chance of of winning. So, it, 
from that point of view, it doesn't necessarily stack up from a, from that sort of point of view. But equally, from a a team perspective, a fighting perspective, uh, right? We're we're the underdogs and we want to perform type perspective, and and that's that could be the way that the Yankees are pushing it this year, though no one else will ever agree with that. <laughs> that, that could be the way that they're looking at it. And and if you look at the the lineup here, the reality is you you're right. I would say two of that starting lineup are where they for tonight's starting lineup. Two of them are where they should be. So you've got LeMayhew playing second base and Judge DH in. Other than that, the rest of the team are not either in the right position in the field that they would normally play or the right position in the lineup. So Luke Voigt as well, maybe. Except no, he's not. Put, he's a backup. To, he's a backup yeah. to Rizzo now. Back up to Rizzo. He's a backup to Rizzo. Yeah. At the start so, of the so, season, so he wasn't the backup. No, you're right. But he is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. So so for me, there's only two players in that lineup who are in the right place. And therefore, what Mark? Um, sorry, what you were saying, Rob, about um, does seem to make sense because people like Brantley, people like Wade. Wade's Wade's hitting two fifty now. Like he's playing, he's playing bad? really well. That's <laughs> quite scary. Exactly, he plays a solid defense. He's stealing bases still. He's hitting two fifty. Uh, he is by, it, it, by far. If you were judging this lineup, this tonight's lineup based on batting average, he'd be third in the lineup behind Judge and behind Lemayhew. Fact. That's a scary thought. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I, I might go slightly yeah. contrary. I, I think it's just maybe, I think this is just, I don't know. In 162 game season, streaks can happen. Um, and I just think it's our turn. So uh, I was reading something the day that we've got the best records in all their MLB since the All-Star break. The Red Sox got one of the worst. It's just their time to have a bad run. And the good news is we're now only two, two games behind them. Um, like you said, Rob, Toronto were also only two or two or three games behind you. They're, they're, they're playing really well. So I think it's just that. It's just the, the way the, 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 the peaks and troughs of baseball and the way it goes, to be honest. But that, you would assume, technique. though, with the, I understand the peaks and troughs. I, I completely agree. You just assume that with the number of starters that we have out, that we would be going through a trough. I mean, it, it strikes me as quite bizarre. Now, I know I appreciate some of yeah. the teams we're playing probably should be beaten, and that's no offence to some of those teams, but that's uh, that's something we've got to deal with. It just all... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm somebody who, when I'm watching a team... I like these little bit of surprises. This, you know, here, you know, that is that is a hell of a guy. Um, that is a Clay Holmes the other night, maybe not the night before, but his his slider was absolutely fantastic, and the, these are all these are all things coming through that are bringing making the season come alive for me a bit. Actually, you know, not not that, not that I was. You do eventually as a, maybe a flaky fan. You, you, you just the bad news, the negativity, the negativity is overwhelming. But I thought that I, I think there's some really, really exciting stuff, and it bodes well for the future. And I'm assuming that all these people's trade values, quite frankly, are off. It's better for everybody because hopefully, if they're not going to make it into the Yankees team long term, they're going to be worth something more than that. In fact, we, see, we, we see, you know, if you look at Davey Garcia, for example, who is a, by all accounts falling away with his form at the moment, the next man up seems to be 
paying dividends for the long in, in, in the long term. And obviously, with this big series we've got coming up, where the spotlight's going to be on the Yankees more than ever before, I'm taking some comfort in it. In it, in it let's put it that way. So let's. Sarah's gonna, Sarah's going to kill you, mate. Sarah is going to kill you. Don't be. What about don't the day? Rid the, of our, the, our the, prospects. The, the, <laughs> but then, then, at the end of the day, they've all got their price, though, haven't they? I, I understand Sarah's point actually, because I think, I think there is, as, as a football fan, you know, you, you know, you want to see your young players come through and establish themselves in the team. I think the reality with baseball is, is that if you get three or four young players who have got a nice bit of potential, you you move them on for one stud back, I guess, providing that what you get back is worth it. And I've seen a lot of the criticism that Gallows getting from people because they're, they're concerned about the way he's performing which all just feels personally to me very very premature that the guy's just moved to a new city it's a completely new setup for him surely his quality is just going to come through or do you think we're going to end up I know I think the obvious answer is it's going to come through eventually but of course not every player fits in everywhere they're going to go but I, I'm liking so far what I see from him generally they don't well, look with Gallo it's going to come through he is a bit of a streaky player with the amount of strikeouts he has and his whole profile and makeup, he is going to have, you know, runs, quite a few runs of games of 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. It's going to happen. And then he's going to get you two home runs in a game like he didn't do, didn't he do that recently. Um, I'm I'm not concerned. I mean, I missed last week, so I heard you talking about the, the trades. And by and large, I, I pretty much agree with everything that was said. I love the Gallo and Rizzo trades. I thought they added an awful lot to the team, especially... Uh, as Kev said, the left-handed bat. I don't think, I'm not concerned about Gallo and he deserves his place in the lineup, and we should stick with it. Not a problem to me at all. I agree. And it goes back to what you said earlier, Mark, about um, the, the, the streaky players, the streaky teams. It, it's going to happen. And it's rare that the entire team goes on a, on a poor streak of hitting at the same time. But we've seen that a lot from Yankees hitters this year. And I think the back end of this year, we'll see less of it. And therefore, we'll start seeing better performances overall. And, and Gallo's one of those ones where, as you rightly say, he's, he's going to end up hitting a few, but he's going to end up having a few 0 for 4 games. But he'll, he'll be fine. I, don't, I, I have no doubt that he'll be fine in a, in a Yankees uniform. And uh, he looks pretty good to me. Um, yeah, he, he's not hitting quite where we want him to right now. But I, I, don't, see, um, I don't see there's a major issue. Uh, going forward, I think he'll he'll sit, settle down fine, and and um, yeah, he's not he's not going to be a Sonny Gray type character, for example, where he just you know works everywhere else but doesn't work at the Yankees. He's a two ten two twenty hitter, to be honest. That that's his, that's the nature of his game. He always has been. So just take that on the chin when he connects. Yeah, it's going to go. Now, like we said before, it's more the same in terms of, sort of boom or bust approach. At least this time it's a left hander boom or bust approach rather than a right hander. Oh, it's and that's the big difference. That, but that's the big difference, Mark, isn't it? Is yeah. he's a left-hander. We needed a left-hander. We've got the left-hander. And actually, you know, if he was, if he were anyone, if he was a right-handed bat hitting 210, 220, we might have a, a little bit more of an issue with it. But um, yeah, if, if he's hitting 210, 220 and, and, uh, and slogging a few to the short porch and right at Yankee Stadium, there's not a big problem. Funny about Gallo, I once um, I once met a guy who um, did some marketing work for the I think it's the Texas AA affiliate Round Rock, and while he was there, he got to see Joe Joey Gallo 
um, quite quite close up. But Nomura met him. He said, "You got to watch this guy. He's going to be so good." And he, said, he knew he was going to make the majors at some point. Um, so he got to see, he sort of told me firsthand about how good Gala was. So it's quite pleasing to see him on our team now. I, th- I think the expectation when, when you're signed to a team that are performing as poorly as they are, people want a remedy straight away. And of course, the problem is that when you go into a team that are playing poorly, that, that can have a detrimental effect on you. One of the things I found very interesting, and this is where my newness to the game, it really stood out to me. The other night when he, there was nobody on and he went for the bunts and they were saying in the commentaries because he's not seeing the ball well. So he went for the bunt. I don't know if you guys saw that one. Um, oh no, no, you didn't, Mark. Sorry, you're right. I don't, Chris. I don't know. I don't know if you saw. That. I didn't, but why yeah, not? Yeah. Go with it? If if they're giving you the bunt and you think you can, you've got the capacity as a, as a major league hitter to put it down and have go, go for it on occasions because that way you're keeping teams honest. Um, if all you're too, if you if you actually never threaten to do a bunt, teams are going to shift more and more on you. So sometimes this might be setting you up for a game, you know, three or four games hence. So why not? If you think you're confident enough to do it, Gallo's Gallo's not short of speed. He's got six steals so far this year. So why not? Why not attempt it? I don't necessarily see it as a a failure of the fact that he's not hitting well at the moment. I don't know. So I'm a big fan of a cheeky bump. Um, I, I think for me personally, it, early in the season, if I'm playing, it's one of those things I, I quite like to do early in the season is put a, put a bump down to get my eye in a little bit. Because it, 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 it does definitely help you get your eye in the right place for the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I went, went through a stage of, you know, when I was playing more than I am now, I would, I would bat at the top of the lineup and I would, I would put a bunt down very early on. So that for the rest of the game, I, I'd have my eye in and I, I would find that that would work quite a lot of the time. Um, and I quite like it as a as a strategy, um, particularly if you're hitting two ten, two twenty. So that you know, if you if you do that in your first one or two at bats, and then you come up on your your third at bat, you've got runners on base, you're at Yankee Stadium, and you've timed up the the baseball a little bit more. You're more likely to hit that short porch in right. So, yeah, no problem for me. I like it. Good strategy. Sometimes you need to show teams you've got to play in your locker that you can do it. Absolutely. So I I liked it because it was it was the, the easy thing to do would be to swing and miss, and and that's that's what I liked about it because that that variation I just they always the assumption was always you do that when someone's on so to see him at that level I I don't know if that kind of hit people you know that that made people concerned about him but that's why I was interested in your perspective because. What, what they were saying was the guy's eyes just not in at the moment. He just wants to get his. And so it makes that much of a difference, Chris, that you can bunt and it helps you get your eye in, in the game in, in particular. You, you see what's coming later on down the line. For me, if I'm, if, if I'm taking a bunt or I'm thinking, right, th- this pitcher's going to be here for a long time in this game uh, and I'm going to see him three times, I, I, I quite, I'm quite tempted to at least fake a bunt because if I'm, if I'm putting my head behind the ball, my bat behind the ball, and watching it, and t- I, I, I'm taking, I'm making the best take of a bunt that I ever could if I'm not putting a bunt down, just so that I can see the ball crossing the plate and exactly where it goes. And that really does help for later on in the game, 100%. 
because I'm always interested in the speed of thought then. At what point you, you've made your mind up that you're taking the bunts before you head up there then. But that's no, because I, I just think to switch your hands from the traditional band position to a bump position, that kind of speed of thought, that's something you go into already intending to do. It's not based on what the pitch is doing at that particular time. You go in and you've decided to play that bump. For sure. It's, it's either that or the coach has called it. So the coach from right. third base, you know, will call, you're going to bump this pitch and um, you, you have to go and execute. Simple as that. So, yeah, it is usually premeditated. And as you come up to bat, even if you don't have a sign from the, from the coach, you've probably had a good think about how you're going to attack that pitcher. So I, I have a plan. If I'm going up to the plate, I have a plan of what I'm going to do. And that might be I'm going to bump this. It might be that I'm only going to swing at pitches that are on the inside half of the plate. It might be that I'm, you know, those are the only pitches that I'm going to hit swing for. So, you know, I'll have a plan every single time I go up to the plate as to how to attack that at bat. And that will string back to each, like each pitch. So each pitch, how am I going to attack each pitch depending on what, what comes out of the pitcher's hand? So yeah, there's, there's a load of um, stuff you have to adjust to, but you know, a bunt is, is just one of those plays. You would probably premeditate it. And, and yeah, there are other things you can do with it as well. So you can, you could pretend to put a bunt down, swing the bat back and then have a cheeky half swing. And uh, you know, it, for me, that's quite a good way of getting out of the, um, out of the shift. So if, if you've got people shifting against you, put a bunt down, you've got the, got the defensive movement already and then actually take a swing and a hack down, down the third baseline. If you've got no one covering third baseline, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's an easy, easy hit. I, I must admit, when I first started watching baseball, because uh, that's what, and this kind of set it off for me, that I saw Brett Gardner do a couple of the worst bunts I've ever seen <laughs> since, actually. And I thought to myself, why on earth is he doing that? That, that, that is give up, that you're clearly not bunting well tonight. You've got to, so who's calling the bunt? Who, who's doing this? This makes no sense whatsoever. Gallo's effort was actually very nice, you know, it was, uh, as bunts go. But what was odd, was it was the second, so he showed his hand for the first one and nothing came of it. And then he did it again. And I would have thought the pitcher is then going to go, right, I know he's going to bump. I'm going to offer him up something different. It's, it's almost like an unusual exchange between the two players that I would expect the pitcher then to adapt and go, right, Gallows after the bunt. Let's give him something else. So the quality of the man means he can adjust. So if it's a, you know, a slider or something, he can he can adapt. I don't know, uh, but that 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 it, it's fascinating watching this game when you're having these conversations about how these things develop uh, and that decision making. Because I've seen I've seen you know good bunts and I've seen, but I have seen some pretty bad ones not work at all. It, it's not a, an easy thing to execute. I mean, <laughs> I go back to Max Scherzer bunting a ball <laughs> into his own eye. Um, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to execute if you don't know what you're doing and you don't do it all the time and um, yeah it, it's something that you would train and, and if I was Joey Gallo I'd have probably spent a week practicing that bump before I actually ended up putting it down and equally the coach is probably going to have to have seen me put a bump down um, both both the third baseline and the first baseline to have the confidence to be able to call it as well. Interestingly I was up, I was up early this morning and I caught the, um, the last bit of the Padres game and the, the way it worked Mark Melanson came into the game in the eighth and he got his first career at bat in the bottom of the eighth. 
because obviously he was going to close the nines. Um, and he put a bunt down, a sacrifice bunt, and moved the guy over, got rapturous applause, which isn't bad. So, <laughs> for a player the experience of Mark Melanson, who must be, what, 31, 32, that's his first ever at-bat in the major leagues, and he executes a, a really decent bunt. But yeah, he's he's still, as a pitcher, you're going to practice that once a week, maybe twice, just to make sure that you're you're on the fire and able to do it when you when called upon to do it. Because they used to play them against CC all the time, didn't they? Because of his knees, and that, that was that was a man who saw more more than his fair share of action and people bunting against him. It's it's, it's an interesting ploy. Like I say, I just I just found it very interesting to see to see Gallo using it at that point. We did our predictions last week, and I hate to say it. Um, but we we went for it was seven seven games in total, and Chris, you and I were on the same page. We emphatically went for six and one, and the wee Scottish fella went for five and two, <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, for in some bizarre turn of events, Mister Rooney was right <laughs> that it was five and two. It's the only time that Captain Neg has only time that Captain Neg has been right in that scenario. Captain Neg. Worryingly, it's happening a lot at the moment. Kev's being right. We're all agreeing with Kev all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, he he was actually positively joyous for Kev last week. Actually, in all fairness to him, his happiness at how things are going is it's it's all relative. But we we saw off we saw off the O's, which you would hope to do. It was the, the Mariners series was a fascinating one, actually, in terms of what you can see. And I, I, you've got to give the Mariners credit, actually. I think they're shaping up to be a relatively a relatively decent team. They've got some, they've got some decent players in there. Um, and yes, it was in the first in the first one. That's where Gallo's big hit, where it looped. It went very, very high. If you remember the home run, he went really, really high, and then just landed in the <laughs> in the second row, um, and that's that's the short that's that's the joy of Yankee Stadium for you. That's what you want that that bat there to be able to do, isn't it? Because we have we've got that short porch, and it's nice to see. So everyone criticising Gallo. That's why I wanted to mention that one first because that's a prime reason why you've got him there. And it's you know in terms of Rizzo it was absolutely fantastic, um, but we've. That that was a good. There were some good performances there actually against Seattle. Was there anything for you, Chris, that really stood out in that series that that you want to talk about, or you're just generally happy with it? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm annoyed that we dropped the game that we shouldn't have done. So uh, to, to make Kev right, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it's as simple as that. We, we dropped one game, which meant that you and I were wrong and Kev was right. And quite frankly, I, I, that's, that's I was tempted to, to bin off the Yankees because of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Uh, and to have, you know, to, to actually not get a run on the board against a team like that, that was, that, that was a bit, that was a bit, you know, sickening, I have to say, because we'd found ourselves in a really, really nice position, actually. We got ourselves looking competitive, but like you say, that's the nature of baseball. When you're going to lose, you're just going to lose the odd. You've just got to park it, haven't you? Really? You're just going to just forget it. It's just that we've had too it's many of those sh- nights that so you've got to forget. Streaky what? nature. Streaky nature. We've talked about the streaky nature of, of bats and, and the like before, haven't we? So. But what the Yankees seem to be what the Yankees seem to be doing right now is is stringing together series wins or ties. We're not from my memory, like I said, I've not seen much baseball in the last two years. I've been on vacation. We were winning series. We're winning the two ones. We're winning the three ones. We're, we or or leveling two two. We're not losing any series, and that's what 
as much as you can do at this stage. And I think that's led to this, you know, this decent record since the All-Star break, 19 and 8 or something like that. So that's what we seem to be doing at the moment. The game that I saw on Saturday evening, we were 4-1 down to the Mariners, and we scored four runs in the bottom of the sixth. And the commentary from the S team was, you know what, earlier in the season, they wouldn't have clawed this one back. It would have just, we'd have continued on show not much hope of actually scoring more than that one run we had on the board. And yet we clawed together four. Okay, a couple of errors by the Mariners in the mix and amongst that, but we scratched it out and won the game by a single run. I felt so, for Heaney then, uh, because you, you, you want things, anyone who comes in, you want them to find, but Heaney gets the win from that game. For I mean, In all fairness, he sorted himself out from the third inning onwards. Yep. You know, he, he, he did, he did, he did. And I think that's the that's the sign of someone who potentially is going to be useful to you that when the odds are stacked against you, I think mentally the psychology of these guys is so strong to be able to bounce back from that because I would probably fold, actually. I'd probably throw my toys out of the pram <laughs> and then just have a big sulk and walk off because I'm not playing well. And I, I've got to give absolute kudos to him because when, when I was watching, I was thinking, Oh my God! What is what is wrong with these guys? What is what is you know this this is this is not where we want to be. But actually, um, a nice recovery and absolutely right. Odor seems to have been finding a little bit of little bit of form. There's some there's, there's some decent action going on there. Um, and we've been and so far we're playing Kansas as I mentioned as, as we're recording and we're five two up. The first game uh, was a humdinger. Actually, uh, one of the I don't know how much of you watched because. We had the conversation, I don't know if it was after we recorded, where Chris said, put the game on and watch the whole game <laughs> while you're having your breakfast. <laughs> I nailed that, didn't I? Took a long time, that one. That was a very long breakfast. Nearly dinner breakfast by the end of lunch. that game. <laughs> that was an absolute stonker. And and that and I thought to myself, this is gonna tip it for us this scene. This this is this is a game like this that you win. And I same when the, the when we beat the Cubs in eighteen uh, innings, I think it was twenty seventeen, something like that, where you think, well, you dig those ones out. So I was kind of disappointed to wake up this morning and see the result that we got from the night before. But when you got a game like that, was a crazy. It, it had absolutely everything. Some of the mistakes, some of the um, yeah, it, it was just it was an absolute basket case of a game. And actually, I think. I have yet to sit down. I think what was it? Just just shy of five hours. Sometimes it four hours, fifty minutes. Something something bizarre like that. At some point, I will treat myself and sit down and watch the whole thing again. But I did catch various uh, parts of it because when you wake up in the morning and the game's still going on, I uh, we, we finished up with Peralta. Where are you on Waldy Peralta? Well, I don't know about you, but when when having watched that game. I, I must admit, I watched and I flicked through um, and jumped a couple of innings. So, I, but I was watching that game and I watched it for about two hours, two and a half hours before uh, Peralta came in. And when Peralta came in, I was like, "Oh dear, <laughs> what, yeah. What, yeah. What, why, why are we doing this?" And so did so did the broadcast crew because they looked at the um, uh, the rest of the bullpen and looked at the um, the number of innings that that. Um, pitchers had had and questioned the same thing. Why would you bring him in right here? But actually, um, he, he did a relatively good job. He, he looked pretty sound on the mound, which was, yeah, it, it, I'm glad that he did. I just worry that 
that's the right situation for him. A, a, you know, is a save situation right for Peralta, whereas it's not for um, Zach Britton or mm. um, Chapman? I, I, that scares me that, um, you know, Peralta is the right man for a save. <laughs> I can't cope first thing in the morning waking up and seeing Peralta pitching live on my on my iPad and the teams. That's not a good way to start your day because that was that that I found that a little bit stressful. But where are we then with Britain then on this? Because this is what you've got to wonder about the decision making that goes on here. Because it, it got away with it and actually uh, Odor's leap to gather the ball and you mentioned last week about his timing moving to third base. I don't know if that's an improvement there. You'll, you'll know more than I. Uh, but but there was a there was a palpable sense of relief. You could you you, you kind of felt for Prouta that he'd got that uh, and delighted for him because that had the potential to go wrong. Um, but it was a basket case of a game that one, an absolute absolute nut job. So the the timing. So are you talking about the, the pretty much the last play of the game mm. where the ball went it exactly. bounced and almost went over. Um, um, what's his name? Odor. Third baseman. He was Odor playing in. third base. Odor, yeah. Almost went over his head, considering the fact that he was not exactly the tallest person in history. Uh, I saw that going straight over his head and how it ended up in his glove, I'm not quite sure. But yeah, he, he made the play and, and made a good play too. So that, that was uh, good to see. But yeah... I, it scares me. And, and I think what we haven't talked about here is, is the fact that we blew that game four times. Mm. So, so yes, Britain blew it, but Chad Green blew it before that and Holmes blew it after that. Um, so yeah, it, we blew that game four times and still came to win it, which came to win it, which is bizarre. Because uh. I saw Holmes pitch a couple of games beforehand and I thought he looked great. I thought he looked in control. This, his speed... Uh, of, of of his pitches, but absolutely fantastic. He was get he was getting through them. That was nice control, and so it's disappointing. But it's going to happen to these guys. They're going to come back. But that's a game. I think we'll look back at the end of the season and go, well, somehow we managed to dig that one. Out. And that may it may turn out at the end of the day to be a really important result for us. I didn't see the highlights of last night, but I'm hearing a lot about Higashioka's distribution from the home plate. Did either of you guys see this one? No. No, I, I didn't see. I just saw. His, I just saw the, um, the coverage where he focused on his at bat and he got a home run, I believe. So that was all I saw. So, sorry, but yeah, he he looked really good at the plate, and he's looked pretty good at the plate the last few times I've seen him up over the last week. So um, yeah, I feel pretty confident with him with the bat. Oh, sorry, did you say uh, with his defense, Rob? Yeah, with his, yeah, when he was uh, he landed a few in the outfield, from what I understand. I, there was one where he, well, th- th- there's one I remember where he was trying to throw someone out at um, at second. There was a, a stolen base where he, I, I think he saw it late. Uh, it was a delayed steal. So, uh, and I forget who it was. I think, oh no, it was a pinch runner who came on. I think it was Dyson who came on to, to pinch run. And yeah, he did a delayed steal. So what that means is as he's, he's taken an extended lead as the pitcher is pitching the ball. And as a catcher, you've already looked over to first base to see where the, the, the runner is. So at that point, you know where he is and you, you're, you're confident he's not stolen or not moving to steal. Well, in this case, it was a delayed steal when he went 
later on as the as the pitch was thrown. Um, and yeah, Pikachuoka picked it up late and, and threw it into threw it into centre field, and and it went quite well left of the of, of second base. So it wasn't ideal by any stretch, but <laughs> it, that, you know it it doesn't. You know, in a situation where they're putting you under pressure with their base running, and they did, and they did it really well, um, and, and the Royals always do. They have a really good running game, and I, I think uh, it doesn't worry me at all about his defense. Uh, it's just the pressure that the Royals put on every team under when they base run. Let's well, uh, here's hoping everything goes according to plan. We are now moving to. Uh, a big, a big occasion in the baseball world. I was due to be going to America a couple of years ago, and I was going to be not going to this game because I don't shit cash. But I was going to be going to one of the other uh, White Sox Yankees games. But we have the Field of Dreams. What, what are you guys excited about this? Are you bothered about this game? Uh, is it cliche to be excited about it? I don't know. I think it's great. I mean, we all love the movie. Um, I think it's, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how the field plays. Um, that'll, that'll be interesting more than anything. But no, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's um, be great to see. And especially the uniforms. I love that I've seen some of the pictures of the um, old style uniforms that they're, they're going to be using, which look great apart from the Nike Swish, which just ruins it. But apart from that, the uniforms look fantastic. That's all I'm in it for is the, is the the sights, the sounds, and the uniforms. The uniforms look fantastic. I don't I don't normally say that about um, the old style uniforms either. I'm not a big fan of of some of the older ones, but both the Yankees and the Red, um, the White Sox uh, uniforms look great. Are they are they the toweling material? That's what I want to know. Are they like really thick, heavy? You know, like they would have had to wear. So when it rains, you're carrying an extra three and a half stone of weight as it's soaked up every raindrop from the sky. Probably not like that, no. no, no. So here's, here's, here's the fundamental question then. What's the best baseball movie ever? Or what's your favourite baseball movie? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a podcast in itself, that. I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. It was just, just the three of us, so we'll keep it simple. Okay. Um, off the top of my head, I'll go with Bull Durham. Yeah. Field of Dreams. You're going to list them all, aren't you? A League of Their Own. If it's top three. Yeah, League of Their Own. I love League of Their Own. Chris? Last time I was asked this question, I went with the most recent one I saw, which was The Sandlot, um, which I love. Um, I love love Bull Durham as well. The League of Their Own was great. (laughs) Here's a question. (laughs) Are all baseball movies just really, really cheesy or what? And, you know, that, that's the thing for me is I, I, I like them, but they're all, they're all really cheesy. And and then, and if you're saying, what are they great? Eh, not sure they are. <laughs> not I, sure um, they are. I, we, I, I introduced my, my, because my family love my baseball obsession now. We do a thing on a Saturday night, you pick a movie and I got them to watch League of Their Own. And they all absolutely loved it. The movie, I don't know if you boys have seen the Jackie Robinson movie, 42. Yep, that's good. That is a yep. bloody 
bloody brilliant film. And I th- I think that's a great, and I think Harrison Ford in that is perhaps Ricky is really, really great. But uh, the power of Cheswick Bozeman in that, where he's breaking down in the corridor, he's had the racist attack uh, from the guys playing Ben Chapman. And that raw anger, I, I, I think that's how, I, I'm going to go 42 as my favourite movie. But everybody, if you show me someone who doesn't like Field of Dreams, I'll show you someone who doesn't have a pulse, and 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 and, and that's it. Because you, <laughs> you 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 have to. Even, even the most cynical person in this land goes, Kevin Costner is baseball. I've no interest. This is going to be absolute rubbish. There is just something about Field of Dreams that you can't help but be excited about this game. And those are the those people who are going to get to be there that are going to get to see Heaney opening. As, a, as our picture, you know, those magical moments that get to see Heaney in the flesh in the, in the, in the field of dreams. They're, they're going to be delighted with that. But I, I, I think you've got to give MLB credit when they come up with this. And it's so easy after COVID just to bin it and go, oh, well, well, we can't do it now. The fact that they've continued with it and what they've done there, um, I'm I'm really excited for it. And I didn't think I would be. I thought, I, I thought maybe my cynical heart would step in at some point. But I'm well, as soon as I saw those uniforms, particularly the white socks one, the white socks one, I was like, oh, that that looks absolutely mustard. I love everything about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, not, I'm looking forward to the game. Like I say, just the whole ambiance and everything else. Um, it's going to be a very interesting game. I guess a really good sign as well. So, will you will you actually watch the games either live or on full repeat, Rob? Yes, I'm. I'm absolutely going to watch. I'm. I'm to be honest, I'm going to try and watch it live. But knowing me, I probably won't get much beyond an hour. But I, this, I promise you, I am going to watch this because this one's school holiday. You know what it's like, guys. You don't get a moment for yourself. You don't. You, you, you don't even get to sit on the toilet without some kind of question or interrogation through the door. This, I, I've promised myself that this is the one. Unless it goes to like twenty-seven innings, in which case I might have to break it up a little bit. And <laughs> how gutted will Rob Manfred be if he did that? I mean, that would be that would be absolutely devastating. Problem. But yes, no, I am gonna I'm gonna commit, and I promise you, I'm gonna, by the time I'm on this podcast next. Which won't be for the next couple of weeks, but I will watch it and 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 in all its detail because I'm really excited for it. I think it's just I just think it's just a great thing to do. I really really do. So uh, we so we and then we go. Uh, we have two more against the White Sox. We have our random Angels game that we got to play catch up on yep. at Yankee Stadium, and then and we talked about this briefly last week because thinking that this is us catching these bastards, this is us catching them now. We're up to the Red Sox. So we've got three White Sox games, one Angels, and I make it that we've got, by the time we record, we the three Red Sox. Yeah, because it's a doubleheader against the Red Sox, isn't it? Mm, it's a doubleheader. Yep. So Seven guess what games. time it is now? Guess what? <laughs> guess where we're going now? Three White Sox, one Angels, three Red Sox. I think we'll take two against the Red Sox, one against the Angels, and we'll lose two against uh, the White Sox. So I'll go four and three. Four and three. I'm going six and one. I'm going six and one again. In the hope that we go five and two 
uh, and prove Kev right. I'm going. I'm, I'm going with the positive, positive attitude, guys, because yeah, negative, negative approach gets you nowhere. I think six and one. I, I think the one game we drop is probably against the White Sox, and I think we'll we'll beat the uh, we'll we'll get take three games from the Red Sox, and um, they'll run scared. If we're taking three from the Red Sox, that's big. That's really huge. Should we put Kev down as a five and two, even though he's not here? Yeah, we should do hundred percent. Because because I was I was going to go five and two simply because of the double header. I think that's uh, <laughs> a fair. Point. And I don't. I, it's a fair yeah. point. I just don't want to go five and two because it's no, 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 no. a little bit too like Kev. I'm going six so, and one. I, I I think we should go zero oh and seven for Kev. Let's give let's give. Oh no, because they might be right. <laughs> Shit! That, oh god, this is this is just. Let's go seven and zero. Oh. Either way, I. We've got to play better in that Red Sox series than we have done. If they can't get it for them, now we are still going to be missing some major players. So I'm assuming that Rizzo is still going to be out then. But we've got Voight. I think that that's that, that's decent enough. Uh, I kind of hope that the the heel and all that keep their form going. Uh, but the the season could turn on this fixture because it is. It's not just about being them. It's about holding the Blue Jays off as well and wait for the Blue Jays to hopefully have a dip at some point but either way it's going to be exciting and I think we've got so I'm I'm going to go five and two I'm going to go five and two okay. um, and even then I, I, yeah I mean if, if, if we get five and two I'll be over I'll be over the moon with that to be honest with you uh, but I'm yeah I'm, I'm really excited for this uh, for this sort of dream game and, and I'm probably going to end up watching the movie afterwards I may even watch the game and then watch the movie um, and the chance of me getting to do both of those things this side of September is probably around about 0%, but that's <laughs> that's the plan one way or another anyway. Um, okay, guys, well, I think we've actually been able to come up with some, some interesting stuff there, and I really, really enjoyed your feedback on the bun and, and how things are going there. So uh, I'm not going to be around for the next two weeks. I'm hitting sunny uh, Bournemouth. And then uh, I'm off to Robin Hood's Bay. So the great thing about the North Yorkshire coast, if any of you have ever been there, it can be 34 degrees across across mainland UK. But you go to the North Yorkshire coast, it's probably going to be about minus four. So yeah. um, really, <laughs> really looking forward to that. But at least the, the fish and chips is going to be good. So where can we find Mark? Mike. Where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me on my Twitter account at Mark Blakemore. I'm uh, around for the next two weeks, so then my holiday's gone. So Chris is probably going to be on his UK tour somewhere else next week. I don't yeah. know. No, mate. No, I'm in. I'm in Wales this week. I was in Dorset last week, and um, no, next week I'm back home. I hope so. That that will be good. But um, I think uh, find me at Free Rain UK. That's good. Uh, find me at uh, Guildford Mavs as well. But equally, uh, Rob, if you're on your travels uh, and going to Bournemouth, you want to check out Bournemouth Bears because they, they all probably be playing over a weekend uh, and they're a great bunch down there at Bournemouth Bears. So so be feel free to check them out whilst you're there. I'm, I'm, I'm down there during the week, which is a shame because otherwise I would. Do they play at the university? Well, they're, they're not far away. So uh, And I'm sure they train during the week and they've got a good bunch. So uh, go and check yeah, them out. Great. Fantastic. No, another, another great GB team, yeah, fantastic. And I'm a and, uh, and they've got one of the sorry, Rob, but they've got one of the um, the Great Britain women's coaches uh, who who coaches that team as well. Uh, Jose oh, really? Lopez, who's a yeah, he's an absolute stud. 
Um, so yeah, check out Bournemouth Bears and uh, and Jose Lopez. I because we're, we're I'm waiting to see what happens with the Leeds team here and stuff like that because it's it's great to see that more more and more people are getting involved. So I will certainly um, I will certainly look at look out for them if I'm if I'm uh, if I can get to see a game because any baseball that you can watch and I must admit I'm I, I would be so bad at it and I'm willing to cheer on other people who are just willing to give it a go who are braver than I let's put it that way um but uh, yeah live baseball just... where, live baseball wherever you can get it is uh, yeah. is so good it's king it's king fantastic uh, yeah and I'm I'm Rob I'm on Twitter at Rob Ratty and you'll, you'll you'll see me on the Facebook group I really appreciate your time guys especially interrupting holidays and welcome back from holidays and I'll see you all in a couple of weeks uh, and uh, let's go Yankees and enjoy that field of dreams. Good night all. Good night. Good night.